So Money Episode 452, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money Friday. It's Ask Farnoosh Day. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Who else would I be? Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you coming back. I hope you've had a great week. Sophia, you are here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's been a really good week for us. Sophia and I have been working hard on this workshop concept that we've been sharing with you the last couple of weeks. Excited to say that some of you who listened got in touch and will be attending. How exciting is that? We were aiming for like around, it was a small number of, of attendees. It's not like this massive uh, event, but you know, uh, a small number and we sold out within a couple of weeks. So good for us, Sophia. I know. It's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is my first time doing it. So we have, I have coached in the past and this is kind of a, an extension of the coaching program. Uh, but I was a little nervous because I was like, I don't know if I can really just go through word of mouth or a little mention on the podcast. I was ready to do a whole Facebook campaign. Don't have to do that anymore, which is good because I have no idea how to do a Facebook campaign. Um, so excited for the fall. This is going to be a great book writing workshop, helping people who are all subject matter experts. We have such a variety of people. We've got people from the food world, from the medical field, from, uh, personal finance, all coming together to talk about their book aspirations. And I'm going to tell them how to do it and how to leverage the success of their book one day when it becomes successful to, uh, really take their business to a higher level. So thank you to everybody to thank you to everyone who signed up, who um, registered, and uh, I'll be keeping everyone here abreast of it because I think it's a, it's a new kind of, listen, this thing, I would never have done this had I not started this podcast. I listened to so many people, right? So I feel like these guests who come on and they're like, well, so I just, many, yeah. I started this side gig or I, I took an idea and I turned it into a business and Never thought that I'd be doing something like this. I just thought I'd be giving personal finance advice for the rest of my life. But you know what? We all have other things that we're experts in that we should monetize. So let me be a lesson for anyone listening. You know, you might be doing one job, but you might have a ton of other skills that our people want to learn from you and you can rightfully monetize. So uh, that was my so money moment. That was our so money moment as a team, Sophia, I think this week. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to our questions. And by the way, guys, I'm going on vacation next week. Actually, Woo-hoo. starting tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I can't well believe- deserved. Yeah, well deserved. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, quick story. I know this is dragging, but um, last summer we went to the same spot in on Long Island. It was just me and Tim and, and Evan, and I complained that like the whole time, all I did was like cook and clean and clean and cook and bathe him and run around. I mean, by the eight o'clock, I was in bed and I didn't even have time to like read a book or anything. I felt like I was just parenting in a foreign place, which is even harder than parenting at home. So um, 
so much for a vacation. I paid to do this. Um, never again. So this year I'm like, I'm bringing a village with me. I have my parents coming, my brother, my parents have some friends. So girlfriend can take a shower, you know? <laughs> uh, and Evan, even though he's older now and a lot more, um, like self reliant and capable, he's still, he's like the fastest person on the planet. Like I have to be right behind him every inch of the way or else he could disappear. Um, or walk into a glass wall or something because he's just so he's like a little Tasmanian devil. Um, <laughs> woo. So uh, anyway, I digress. All right, tell us what we've got this week. Who's who's been uh, sending us questions? All right, so I think you're really gonna like this first question. It's a great career question, and it comes from Katie. She says that she's 30 years old and she works as a marketing manager with a big pharmaceutical company. And she's making a base salary of 136000 where she also uh, rakes in a nice bonus of about twenty to 30000 annually. And she says an opportunity came her way, and she interviewed and got the offer for $140,000, but with no bonus. Hmm. So she's currently in negotiations with the company, and she did tell them that if she signs on with them, she'll be taking a twenty dollars to $30,000 hit without that bonus coming in. And there were a few more things about the opportunity to consider. Like the company is a little bit smaller, but it is expanding in North America. And so therefore she would be doing more work for less money. Hmm. Um, But in the interview process, they mentioned that she might be able to get promoted to a marketing director in the next six to 12 months and eventually potentially run her own team. Um, And she also wanted to point out that with her current company, uh, her 401k, they offer a 6% match. And with this new offer, offer, they would um, only offer her a 3% match. Hmm. Well, kudos to Katie for negotiating. I would love to hear about how that evolved. Like, did they get back to her when she told them that she was going to be taking a $30,000 hit? What did they say? Are they still, you know, considering it? Um, So good for her for speaking up and um, pointing out that discrepancy. And hopefully you guys can come to an agreement that is – I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to match your current income, including bonus. Maybe I doubt they would even maybe be able to exceed it. You never know. So keep on them with that. But I think um, it sounds to me like Katie is excited about the smaller company in that she might be able to do more hands-on work and have a potential to be a, a bigger leader. So big, you know, big fish, small pond. And sometimes there is inherent value in that. It's not going to be monetary value, but it's going to be value in that you're going to learn things a lot faster. You're going to be able to advance in your career a lot faster. Um, and so when you leave this small company and maybe you go back to the big company, you can make, you can double your income. You can do, uh, you know, that you could basically in that year investing your time at this smaller company, maybe take a little bit of an income hit. You're going to learn so much that you could go back to the big company or elsewhere with a bigger title, bigger salary, um, and live large. So you, and I, you know, I think it's important that you negotiate as much as you can still try to get as close to your salary as possible. I don't love that their 401k is like a 3% match, but again, think of this as perhaps an investment in your career, you know, and it's not a long-term investment. I don't see you here for like forever, especially if, 
it, it sounds like it could really burn you into the ground. Like it's a lot of work, um, smaller pay, like that. I feel like there's a there's a point at to which like you can only take so much, right? So I wouldn't say this is a no-go, but I would say continue to talk to them and really get clear, uh, get them clear on what your goals are. So there's no confusion that in six months, you're going to arrive and tell them you want more responsibility and that from the day you arrive, that you are working towards that goal. Um, and, you know, I don't think this is going to be a step back in your career. It may be financially a little bit of a challenge if you're making less, but I'm sure you can make some concessions. But I think from in terms of your growth, it could be a really powerful move. That's my two cents. I think that's great advice. Sometimes it's not totally about the money. If it's a great opportunity, it's definitely worth yeah, pursuing, I think. I agree. I mean... And and you could prepare for this transition, Katie, by if you know you're going to be making a little bit less money, like making some cut budget cuts now so that you don't really feel the hit uh, once you start the job. So that these are all things to consider, but uh, good luck with the negotiation. So our next question is really timely, given that we had Louisa on the show this week. Louisa Zhu. Yeah, that was a great. <laughs> she did really well. That episode is trending. That was a great episode. Um, but so the question's from Alexia, and she wants to know, what are your top resources in terms of books and blogs for preparing to quit a job in order to start an online coaching business? She'll be doing this while traveling. And also, if you have any tips uh, for preparing for the transition as well. Hmm. Well, this is extremely timely because my friend Jenny Blake, who is one of the leading millennial thinkers uh, today. She has a book coming out very soon. I believe it's coming out, let's see, uh, I think it's September. Um, it's called Pivot. And um, it's called Pivot. And the subtitle is The Only Move That Matters Is Your Next One. So really diving into the fact that careers are not lineal and that you know, really your career is very fluid. You might go from working at a corporate job. You might then go and transition into being your own employer. So I think it's very fitting for what, you know, where you are, the stage you are in your career. So check out Pivot. I see Daniel Pink actually wrote the cover uh, quote for her book. That's incredible. Um, and then, you know, I would scour the career sections at Barnes and Noble on Amazon. I, um, don't have any other specific recommendations off the top of my head. Although we had a guest on the So Money show, Tess Vig Vigilant, who wrote a book recently discussing her transition from working for a business, a corporation for many years, which in that case was American public, um, media, APM. She was the host of Marketplace Money. Um, she got laid off after a long time and she didn't see it coming. So she wrote a book about that transition. And uh, the book is called Leap, Leaving a Job with No Plan B to Find the Career and Life You Really Want. Now, you, on the other hand, uh, Alexia, will have a plan B. Sounds like you know already what the plan B is. You want to make it a plan A, which is how to start your online coaching business. Um, so I think what you want to start doing now is really 
figuring out how you're going to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Spend a lot of time doing market research now so that you know precisely who your target audience is, precisely what you're going to be offering them and how you're going to differentiate. Um, you're not going to be able to be an online coach for every business person. So figure out who that specific person is. Like, is it, is it a man? Is it a woman? What, how old is this person? What kind of background do they have? Get very specific. I find that the people who are most successful in coaching, while they may help an array of people in their mind and in their message, they're talking to a very specific group of people. And that's going to help you instantly differentiate yourself in the marketplace um, and really study these people. Like what are their pain points so that you're addressing that their, their needs very specifically. And then develop, you know, your business model around that um, and start telling people what you want to do. I think that is something we take for granted and something that we don't do sometimes. We're worried that by sharing our goals and our aspirations with others, we seem like we're bragging or uh, maybe someone else will steal our idea. We have all these, you know, fears around it. My suggestion is the opposite. Share this with as many people you trust as possible. You never know where client referrals may arrive, where they'll come from. Friends may have ideas for you that you would never think would, but I think it's really important for you to share your goals and hopefully some help and maybe some business will come, will boomerang. Um, so that would be it. And then of course, you want to prepare financially for this transition. So think about how much money you would need for at least six to 12 months without working to be able to focus on this business, even if you're not making any money. Okay. So figure out what all your expenses are, at least the needs, multiply that by six to 12 and save that before really making this leap. Because the last thing you want is to feel like you have to stop everything and go back to a job because you ran out of money, of your own money to support yourself. Um, a coaching business, like any business, takes time. And hopefully you'll get business soon, but it could take uh, several months to get the ball rolling. So give yourself some wiggle room, some financial wiggle room by having some ample savings. You know, I lost my job in 2009, Sophia, and I was like totally blindsided, I think as many people are when they get laid off. And the only thing that really, well, I would say the only thing, but the a very helpful thing that dis- that allowed me to not have to rush back to a nine to five job was having savings. And here, and I've never, never had to look back. I agree. I think that's great. There's a reason to build up that savings account. And you, yeah. Cause you never know. I mean, no, you don't, you never do. You just want to, as they say, like plan for the best, prepare for the worst. Exactly. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. 
too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Well, our next question is about 401ks. Mm-hmm and saving again, um, and having some spending money comes from Alice. She's been contributing the max amount of her salary to her employer's 401k plan. Um, but recently, even though she's usually very frugal, she started to allow herself to contribute a little less and give herself some more spending money on the side. Um, but she's been doing the math to make sure that she's still contributing enough so that she ends up in a lower tax bracket. Um, And instead of giving 25% of her salary like she's been doing, she's now giving about 15%. And she wants to know if you think this is a productive mindset. Um, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) First of all, Alice. Love that name. I almost – if I had a daughter, I would name her Alice. Um, I think 25% is super aggressive and I don't even think that's necessary unless you're like in your 50s and playing catch-up. Um. You know, at this rate, if you're in your 20s and you're saving 25% of your salary, like, are you going to retire when you're 45? Um, and if that's your goal, like, more power to you. But I think you can definitely take a pause. You can definitely slow it down. 15% is still really great. Again, I don't know if you're playing catch up, if you've been not saving for many years and now you're suddenly saving. So maybe that's why you're being super aggressive doesn't say. So I think you have my blessing. If if you if you have enough to get you to retirement and you've run the calculators and you know that, you know, you can um you can afford yourself this, then do it. I think, you know, your money is not meant to only be saved. It's it's meant to be spent, enjoyed. You work hard. Um I do think it's a productive mindset to have balance in how you manage your money. Uh, she asks, you know, do you think this is a productive mindset? Yes. I think that sometimes we can go overboard with saving unless it's attached to a very specific goal. Like if she was to tell me, Farnoosh, I want to retire by 40. That's why I'm spending 20, saving 25% of my income. I go, okay, well, makes sense. Right. But if you're still planning on a long work life, then you can definitely afford to scale it back there. I think that's great advice. And I think a lot of times we forget to enjoy our money. And I remember you speaking to someone recently saying that, you know, it's it's an investment to also put money towards experiences. You know, you have those memories and for a lifetime. And sometimes it's really important to put money towards something like that or even maybe a purchase like for me, I know I, I like to spend money towards workout classes, but at the end of the day, it's a great investment in myself and in my health. So I think that's really important. That's great advice. Yeah, for sure. Alice, so, you know, you have our blessing, but <laughs> um, that's give, that's not knowing what else is going on. Like that's just based on what you've told us. Um, so enjoy. So the next question that we have is time sensitive and it comes from Tanya. She's heading back to school soon because she's a teacher and she's 46 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has some changes that she wants to make by mid this month uh, before she heads back to school. And she currently has about $8,000 on two 0% interest rate credit cards. Okay. So she wants to get out of debt. 
I, yeah. So she has one card that expires uh, in March 2017, 2017 and the next batch um, expires in early 2018. The 0% expires. Got it. Okay. And she wants to suspend her 403B contributions of $700 a month so she can pay off the debt. And she doesn't have a rainy day account either. So she wants to work on funding that as well. Hmm. So she wants to know what your thoughts are. Okay. Um, If Tanya, you can hit your mark and your goal of being debt free by early next year uh, at this rate of $700 a month, which... Okay, so it's August, September, October, November, December. Um, by the end of this year, you should have $3,500, which will wipe out one card. And it will, you know, I don't know, uh, I guess the rest, oh, that's $8,000. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I hate doing these either or declarations. Like you have to either pay off your debt or just save, you know, it's like, I would love to see some sort of a hybrid plan here at play. So maybe it's that you not just go to $0 a month on your 403B. Maybe you you go to $350 a month on your 403B. That's important, you know, and that's because of compound interest and because you're 46 years old and retirement is not too, too, too far away. I would, I think it would be irresponsible for me to say, just quit contributing to your 403B because um, it could be two years until you're debt-free. And that's a very precious two years that you're not accumulating interest on those payments. And so I would say that to your best of, to the best of your ability, pare down your expenses, take out a little bit of money from the 403B, 403B. Maybe it's just a couple hundred bucks. Combine that with some additional savings and put that towards these uh, interest-free credit cards. The good news is, is they are interest-free. So um, you don't have to worry about, at least during that time frame, um, being charged any interest. So to the best of your ability, try to pay off those debts uh, before those expirations. Um, and you don't have a rainy day account. So as soon as that debt is paid off, I want you to pretend like the debt is still there and put whatever you are putting towards debt into a rainy day account open up an online high interest bearing checking account. I just read in the New York Times this morning that there are a number of high yielding checking accounts out there. And by high yield, I mean, I'm putting that in big air quotes. It's like close to 2%, which is not bad considering like interest rates haven't budged in forever, really. So um, that's better than, it's better than a money market account. So uh, look for like a high interest rate checking account. As soon as you're debt free, pretend the debt's still there. Put that same contribution that you're putting towards credit card debt towards savings and keep contributing something to your 403B in the meantime. Don't go cold turkey. That's my advice. I, I like that hybrid. <laughs> I think that's great. I uh, That way you're covering all your bases. Yeah, I think it may be a slower path to becoming debt free. But, you know, I just, it, I like, it like, it's like a sharp pain in my chest when someone tells me they don't want to contribute to their retirement anymore, because that is something that you will regret. You will regret that when you're, you know, 60 and you're like, I have to work an extra five years now because of those two years that I just didn't save. That's what happens. I think that's a great way to look at it. All so right, we're finally at our one last more question. question. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're at our last question and it comes from Monica. It's another career question. And so she recently applied for a manager position that opened up within her current job. And one of the requirements is to have managerial experience. And she says that she still applied and leveraged experience outside of work. Like she once helped her parents with their business and she applied two weeks ago and has followed up twice only to be told, hi, Monica, we're currently still recruiting. I will provide you with an update once I have further information, but she just wants to know where she should go from here. Well, two weeks is not a long time to start getting too nervous. Uh, Job process, hiring processes take a long time. I mean, I know people who were applying for jobs for months, same job, you know, I think um, usually if you're an employer and you just posted a job, you want to give yourself at least a month to um, accept applications, especially if you're looking for a very specific type of person. So Monica, don't be discouraged. I wouldn't really um, go back to them again too quickly. You don't want to be that person who's like, oh my God, Monica is emailing me again with another update. I don't (laughs) trust them that when they have an update, they will get in touch with you. If another, let's say three, four weeks goes by and you haven't heard anything, I think then it could be an appropriate time to get back in touch casually. Hi, just checking in. Um, You know, if you have any updates on your end, that's a great way to get back in touch. If you want to say like, uh, you know, here's an additional, um, you know, antidote to my resume. Um, I recently got promoted at work. Like those are all good things to use as a way to get back in touch in a way that's a little more exciting than just like, hey, what's going on? You know, it's been crickets. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. That could turn them off. So just be careful. This is, this, this is like a very bit, you know, it's a dance at this point. Um, but, but two weeks, I wouldn't be worried. It's, it's, you know, it takes time and they should take their time to find people to hire. It's very important that you find the right person because, uh, it can be very costly for them when they hire the wrong person. So just, uh, keep on them, but not too much. And um, keep us posted, Monica. Let us know what happens. Okay. All right. That's a wrap, guys. Off to vacation I go. (laughs) Enjoy. Um, Have fun. Thank you. I mean, I'll still be around, uh, you know, and Sophia, you'll be here as well, uh, holding down the fort. But I wish everybody a happy weekend and week. Um, Make sure that if you missed any of the episodes this week, especially Andrew Zimmern, he was incredible. Like I didn't know what to expect when I interviewed him. And he was just so full of knowledge and insight. He's so brilliant. Um, And all this time, I just thought he was some guy who ate weird food. (laughs) We've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners that that's their favorite episode so far. Wow. Well, I believe it. It was one of my favorite episodes. So tune in if you missed it. And also uh, Louisa Joe on Wednesday. She was really uh, fantastic as well. Thanks, Sophia. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. Hope you have a so money weekend.